Hello everyone, this is Tyler Mitchell from Solana Bookshelf. A while back I sat down with Dr. Evangeline Parsons-Yazzi to discuss Her Captive for Love. Her Captive for Love is the third novel in the Her Land for Love novel series. And in this audio interview, we discuss her book, we discuss her many years as an educator, and who and what inspired her to write the novel series. Uh, she also told us what we could expect from her in the future. With Their Land, Their Love now being out, we do expect her to have her back for another interview. But until then, we do hope you enjoy this and have a good day. Hello, everyone. My name is Tyler Mitchell, and I am the social media specialist here with Solana Bookshelf. Today I'm talking with Dr. Evangeline Parsons-Yazzi. She is the author of Her Land, Her Love, Her Enemy, Her Love, and the latest, Her Captive, Her Love. Today we're going to be talking about her latest book and just kind of how it became, she became a writer, how she introduced herself into the writing world, a little bit of background of her, and uh, let's get into it. Thank you for coming out today. How are you doing? I am fine. Thank you for asking. Once again, thank you for coming out. We are very excited about the new book. So uh, I'll allow you to introduce yourself to everyone at home. For those of you who do not understand Navajo, I am of the Water Flows Together people. And I am born for the Coyote Pass people. Some people also name it the Hamas Pass people. And um, my maternal grandfathers are of the Red Running Into the Water people. And my paternal grandfathers are of the Bitterwater people. And in that way, I am a Navajo woman. So to everyone listening, uh, to, to those who haven't really caught up with the whole series, uh, can you give us a little summary of the books that came before and what can we expect from this new book? Well, the first um, book, which is titled Her Land, Her Love, is about the mother. And her name is Nenanaba. And she marries this man named Hashke Yishnaba meaning um, one who goes to war with scolding or scolds as he goes to war. And he's a very um, demanding person, demanding of his warriors, demands a lot of himself, and um, is looked to, up to as a leader, a war leader. And Nenanabat is a woman warrior who went to war uh, and came back a second time. And um, the story continues where she, her daughters are kidnapped. And the second book is about the first, the oldest daughter and what she went through. And it's titled Her Enemy, Her Love. And it's titled as such because she 
Well, actually, a soldier falls in love with her, and he's a member of the enemy. And um, in order to preserve her life, he um, takes her under his wing and protects her, but then has to leave for the Civil War because that's set during the same time. And then she's on her own. And it just tells about her story. And the third book is about her youngest, or the second daughter, or the oldest daughter's name is Ed Yaja Nazba, the little girl who went to war and came home. Um, and then the, the second daughter, the youngest daughter, is Zanaba. Um, young woman warrior who went to war and came home. And she, like I said, was sold um, to Mexicans and then later recaptured and taken to Mescalero country, Mescalero Apache country. And um, the fourth book is about them all coming home because they all met at Fort Sumner, but it so tells the stories that the elders wanted this young generation to know. And I also wanted to let Navajo youth, Navajo women, know that they come from really strong stock. You come from strong stock. I come from strong stock. And our Navajo youth need to know that. You hear a lot about Navajo men as leaders in history. You never hear about Navajo women. You hear about Annie Wanika, and I admire her so much. So I wanted to focus on Navajo women in these uh, four novels, where it tells about their strength and their power and how the Navajo people were able to survive and return to Denebekeya. So I do want to talk about education. Education has been a huge part of your life over the years. You've been a Navajo language instructor for well over 20 years. And when you're reading the book, it feels like I'm learning. I'm learning from you. I'm learning so much about the, the history. I'm learning so much about the culture. So um, tell us about how you became an educator and you know what you plan to do with that in the future. Well, let me go back a little past my formal education, my first teachers were my elders, my particularly my father, my mother, my maternal grandmother, and my paternal aunts and uncles. And then I um, finished with a um, home economics degree from Northern Arizona University. And so I secured a job at Dilkan School on the Navajo Reservation just north of Winslow and taught home economics there and really enjoyed it so much. I still have students coming back to me telling me they still remember what they learned from way, way, way back then. So that's real pleasing to hear. Bilingual multicultural education was the degree I earned at NAU as well. And 
worked for the public schools for a year in Flagstaff and really enjoyed doing that and then um, applied for the job at NAU as a Navajo language instructor and I was selected and stayed at NAU 24 years but in the meantime within about four years I earned my doctorate degree from NAU in um, education with an emphasis on language preservation language maintenance after 24 years I learned I was going to become a grandmother and I wanted to spend time with my little grandbaby who was to be born at the end of my 24th year at NAU and um, since then I started a writing career who knew <laughs> but I knew I wanted to continue something that was along the line of language maintenance language preservation Navajo language maintenance and preservation and I think he did this really well with the series one thing that stood out to me also was the romantic factor between all the characters. There's a lot of love shared. There's a really strong emotional connection between the two main characters, the husband and wife, uh, as well as shared with their kids. So how did you go about writing this in a romantic way? And what, what compelled you to add the, the, the level of romance to something like this? The topic of the long walk, and you referred to it as huelte, is a very painful time in our people's history, in the history of the Navajo people. And even in gathering information regarding Huelta among the elders, it was very difficult for them to tell me the truth about the long walk. It was a painful topic, and therefore I needed to lighten the topic of Huelte, the long walk of the Navajo people. So I decided to make it into a romance novel. And through the romance novel, let people know that um, parents, mothers and fathers can love one another in Navajo using the Navajo language, and they can love their children also in Navajo. And um, I wanted the story to be light um, and to tell the story of strength through love. Yeah, thank you. I, I did find it very interesting. Um, what I also found very interesting was the, the book has a lot of historical facts. It also, also has a, a lot of Navajo traditional knowledge. So when you're going around gathering information about the long walk and the people who are on it, um, collecting their stories, you know, who did you go to um, and how did you meld together their stories for this book? Well, the information gathering began when I was a little child. My, whenever my grandmother, my maternal grandmother came to visit us, she lived in, near Crown Point, New Mexico. And she, I think, got bored and she just wanted to remember 
Navajo history and she started telling me the story and she would always say sit by me my little one let me tell you a story she would begin to tell the story of Huelte she would start with and then go into another scene of the Navajo long walk and it was just like as though she was turning the pages of a book as she talked and I listened something was so mesmerizing about her voice and her message that I listened and one day I remember asking my father about a certain topic my, my maternal grandmother told me and he started telling me the same story she told me something clicked in my mind that told me that oral history was still intact and so that I could trust my maternal grandmother's stories and I could trust my father's stories I could trust my mother's stories they became my the basis of all these stories their stories it wasn't until I was a freshman in college that I was asked to write a story about my people an English professor told me that she really enjoyed that story and she said who why didn't you write down your references and I told her my references are my people my father my mother and she said well you need to write your references so I went to the library and just picked out some books on American Indians and just looked for the word welte and, and if they were in there and if I saw anything that matched what my parents were telling me my maternal grandmother was telling me then I read about it and inserted that into my paper as well and she was satisfied but I wasn't I did not want to look into history books because they were written by non-Navajos people who did not live my history and to me at a young age that was really important um, to maintain the integrity of my people's message my people's history and so that's where my stories came from and that's um, I listened to the people who lived history and who heard this history firsthand from their elders and then I have um, many friends who are who are who knew my parents and <clears throat> many relatives of course it's very advantageous that I have relatives in New Mexico relatives in Arizona who have all had were impacted by by the Navajo long walk and so therefore I was there was never a shortage of um, people who could tell me stories and sometimes it wasn't even a whole story sometimes it was just one word and that is where um, my cousin who lives in Mexican Springs her name is Bessie Morris a beautiful Navajo woman oh my gosh she has such a pure heart, such a kind heart, and just a beautiful person. But she was telling me about um, the time she lost her son. And she said, um, 
loneliness is a powerful thing. That is what the Navajo people were suffering from in the long walk, was the loneliness of the ones they left behind when they were chased from their lands to Fort Sumner. Loneliness for the ones who died on the way. Loneliness for the children they lost. Loneliness for the unborn children um, that they miscarried. Loneliness for the elders they left behind or loneliness for um, their land, the Nepikeya. And they would just sit and cry um, out of loneliness. The word is ehaliahigi. And it was just, it's a powerful word. And that has driven me to write many scenes in the books. And that's one example of how I didn't, she didn't have to tell me a story. All she had to say was that one word, ehaliahigi. It helped me finish book three and book four. And so those were my, my, the people I chose to consult as my, um, the ones I would, could rely on for information regarding Huelte. Thank you for sharing that with us. That sounds amazing. That sounds like an amazing journey. And to gather all this information from these people, it's, it's very important that we get all this story. And I think you've done that quite well. Uh, I really do thank you for that, for sharing the stories, and I do we 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 do have to thank those who did share their stories because we do really appreciate them passing this on to us. Uh, I think it's very important that we understand who we are and where we come from. Now, another interesting thing about the book is that the the world is so descriptive. You can you describe the smells, what the people are seeing, and what what a, what a, a lot of the people are feeling. Uh, what what is your writing process to gather all these stories and to put them together in a creative way and a creative narrative. Um, so what's your writing process like? What inspires you to write so creatively? Seeing. <laughs> I had to see the places people talked about. It gave life to the descriptions they gave me. Altogether, I have been traveling around the Navajo Reservation and to Fort Sumner and to Mescalero Apache country for about five, maybe six years. And so um, I think you have to not only just rely on people's message, but you have to rely on what you see, what you feel. You want to describe the weather, you want to describe the skies, the skies that they saw, the um, weather that they, they experienced, things like that. That's what I wanted to, to fill in the blanks with. And I think you do create this immersion quite well. Um, the, the imagery is very, very important in any book, and especially here coming from the reservation. I grew up around the mountains that you describe. I grew up in the canyons, and I grew up eating this kind of foods, and you know, I smelt all these smells that you describe in the book, and it's, it's, it is very fascinating um, reading reading throughout all these series to see this world 
come to life and um, recognizing everything you describe. So her capture for love is going to be, it is the third book in the series and book four is going to be released next. Um, after this series, do you think there's going to be another series? Are there any more stories you would like to write? I do. Um, the thought of boarding school um, keeps bumping my brain. <laughs> um, my father was my favorite parent and so I was with him a lot, I traveled with him a lot. He told me stories about each community we went to when he went on his preaching journeys. In order to bring my mother's memory, because she's no longer living, I wanted to create her history for my children so they could know who she is, who she was, and that she was a great woman who was very much affected by boarding school. And so I also wanted to tell of my father's story, so that's my next set. And I also want to write about, after that I would like to write about the plight of the Navajo people and possibly the Hopi people too because they were affected by the Navajo Hopi relocation. So I have these stories that are kind of like in a holding pattern, you know, like when you go to an airport, your airplanes are all in a little holding pattern, they all wait to land. So my stories are all in a holding pattern. They're waiting to land on paper. <laughs> well, whatever story you write next, we'll be very excited. I'm sure everyone else listening would be very excited for that too. With your writing evolving over the years and gathering all this information, uh, how would you inspire other Diné writers to, you know, create their own stories, share their own stories, you know, are there any advice? Is there any advice or tips you would like to share? As a Navajo writer and a Navajo woman, um, I would encourage them to consult their elders, the people that have lived the history, not go into books. If they're afraid to start writing, just write down their thoughts. It's amazing. Your thoughts just kind of gather together. They pull together and they become a paragraph. Yeah, again, thank you for coming in. Uh, it's been an amazing talk. I think that's all the time we have for today. Her Capture for Love is out now. You can purchase it online at www.salinabookshop.com or come into our Flagstaff, Arizona office at 1120 West University Avenue, Suite 102. Yeah.